Good morning. Good morning to you. You. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Won't you share with a friend or two? Good morning. Good morning to you. You. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. You. Good morning. Good morning to you and many more. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host today, Shantae Charles, and it is the first day of December. I woke up this morning feeling wonderful, feeling hopeful feeling peaceful, feeling rested, um, which is very interesting because I spent another three hours last night writing holiday cards. (laughs) Um, I have a few more to write today. I'm going to try to get all of them done so that I can make one final mail swoop, Um, but we'll see. I might wind up just finishing them later this evening. And then um, maybe dropping them off Saturday morning, my last batch. I can't believe that I will have written close to 80 holiday cards by the time everything is done. I think my largest batch was a couple of years ago where I did like 100, 120, something around there. But I didn't spend as much time on those as I'm spending on these. I'm like actually like writing, writing in each card. So that might make a difference. I think that makes a difference. But how is your morning going? Tell me in the comments. If you are doing great, you can drop a thumbs up. If you are doing not so great, uh, drop a, um, what do I want to put down there? If you're not doing so great, don't drop a frowny face, but um, drop some praying hands or the the high five if you're not doing so great. And we will make sure that we send you some good, positive love and light and reflections on today. Mm-hmm. When people come to my mind, I tend to say their name out loud, um, wish them a peaceful day. Even if I don't know what's going on or I can't get in touch with them or you know, they might be busy, sometimes I'll message people. And ask, hey, how how's everything going? Are you doing okay? What's you know? But if they don't respond back, I can always send out my love, send out my energy towards them, so that whatever's going on, um, they will at least have my energy to help them out and bring them some comfort. Today is Get Free Friday. I want to give you a follow up of my um, presentation from last night that I was preparing for. It went smashingly well. It went very well. Um, as I said, I was very excited to help educators in my state. 
um, with passing their certification exams. And, you know, the feedback that I got was great. And people went away from the presentation with a lot more information than they had before. And some people even said, hey, this has significantly reduced my anxiety around testing um, and around certification. So thank you. So that was exciting for me. I'm always, I get energized when I see other people get energized. I get energized when I see other people's light bulbs come on. I get energized when I see that other people's anxiety is being, you know, released. So it was good um, to get that feedback. And my husband was, <laughs> was joking about it last night. He was like, man, when you came, you came out of that workshop, you know, cause I was doing it online. He was like, man, you look like a rock star educator. Like you had just conquered the world. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's how I feel. I feel like a rock star educator. Like I have, uh, you know, made a little difference in the world. So today is get free Friday. If you don't know what get free Friday is, this is your opportunity. This is our time that we take to read something that either helps us to get free in our minds, helps us to get free in our bodies and how we are taking care of it, helps us to get free in our businesses, business practice, but also helps us to get free in our resting and relaxation state. So right now, if you're with us for the first time, we are reading Rest is Resistance, a manifesto by Dr. Tricia Hersey, founder of the NAP Ministry. And you can find her right here on Instagram. She's also on uh, Facebook. I believe she's also on Twitter. And she's also on TikTok under the name The NAP Ministry. Tricia has been talking about um, the process by which people learn how to rest or find their space of rest. The process by which people decolonize their idea of work and their idea of rest. And she's really been sort of breaking down why people need to divest from grind culture. I'll be the first person to tell you, I used to be a part of grind culture. I used to be, you know, boss chick, boss girl, had had the t-shirts, had the mugs, had the sweatshirt, all of that good stuff. And then um, I had some things happen with my health. And I realized that um, you can grind and grind and grind and grind and grind and grind and grind. But when your body says it's time to take a break, you're either going to take that rest or your body's going to make you take that rest. And in that process, happened more than once for me to learn the lesson. Um, but in that process, I noticed that the people that were cheering on the grind disappeared when uh, the grind broke my body down. And so I had to recognize I have got to do some things different for myself and I, and I can't do it for anybody else. I've also got to do different things for myself when it comes to rest and taking care of my body in a way that honors myself, regardless of what anybody else thinks about it. And so one of the reasons why I like this book is because she's really talking about that process and how to do that and how to honor yourself and how to treat yourself sacred because there is only one you. And even if you say, well, 
I'm going to go into eternity and I believe in the life hereafter. There's still only one you. <laughs> Even in the next plane of existence, there's still only one you. There's only one soul like you. So um, we don't want you to get into the next plane of existence before your time, right? Because you haven't done what is necessary in this plane to take care of your body. So, yes, I'm going to take all of my spirited soul self into the next plane. But while I'm in this plane, right, I have a responsibility to care for myself, to care for my body um, so that I can do the things I need to do and accomplish what I need to accomplish in this plane. I don't think anybody wants to transition from this plane to the next feeling regret or feeling like they haven't done everything that they had in their power to do or in their wherewithal to do. So that's kind of the perspective that I look at it from. Now, someone else might have another perspective and that's fine. But for me, I'm like, I want to make sure that I am at maximum optimum capacity to do what it is that I've been called to do. Um, if you're a person like me who have dealt with chronic illnesses or um, have dealt with chronic things over the years, sometimes you don't feel your best every day, but you still have your willpower. You still have other things that you can do that, you know, maybe you don't feel as good in your body to get certain things done, but there's still something that you can do every single day. Um, I'll never forget a couple of years ago, I was struggling in my process of writing. Um, so I've written several books, but this particular one, I was on my, I think I was on my second book and I was kind of like struggling through the process. And I came upon this article about this uh, best-selling author. Um, I can't remember her name, but she had written several books and she was a New York Times bestseller. But the article was about how she had accomplished this from her bed because she was bedridden. She could not get up. She could not move around. Um, and she was dealing with chronic illness, but she had completed her work. And when I looked at that and I read it, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm about to remove these excuses because I could be, yeah, I could be a New York Times bestselling author, but I don't want to be bedridden in order to get there. Um, and so it helped me to put into perspective and reframe what I was dealing with in trying to finish my goal or accomplish my goal. It put it in perspective very quickly. <laughs> um, and so I got that project done, but I never forgot that, you know, her story. And now, even now, when I think about writing and I think about authorship, there's a picture of her in my mind of someone who is getting the job done, who might not be in the best physical condition. She does not want to be obviously bedridden, but she is still moving toward her goal. And so when I face times when I feel like I don't feel like getting up or I'm not feeling my best, but I do, but I do have the use and activity of my limbs to be able to get up and move around and walk and you know, nope, I'm not using a walker. I'm not in a wheelchair. Nobody's holding my hand for me to get around. That is the image that comes in my mind that helps me to get myself right on up and do what it is 
that I need to do. That being said, we are jumping right back into Tricia's work. If you have the book and you want to read along with me, I am on page 81 and we're reading the section, How to Rest, Who Resting is For, Places to Begin, and What Resting Can Look Like. And we'll try to, uh, if we have time, we'll get to the end. If not, we'll stop there. How to rest. There is no rush. There is no urgency. Unravel from the lies of white supremacy culture. Rest is a meticulous love practice. How will it be possible to rest in a capitalist system? What will resting look like in the reality of our daily lives? How can you pay bills and rest? What is the first step to begin? This work will not be easy. It must be said right from the beginning that resting, slowing down, napping, and sleeping are not what grind culture expects of us, especially if you are black and brown. It will truly be a resistance since the systems makes us hard and machine-like. Rest keeps us tender and there is power in our tenderness and care. We will have to slow down enough to listen to what our hearts and bodies want to share with us. Our lives are a beautiful experiment in curiosity and creation. We can craft a life outside of toxic systems. Collective care, imagination, and rest are so vital to our liberation. Without them, we will not make it. Who is resting for? Rest is for the weary, for the hard workers, for those trying to make a way, for those making a way yet still suffering from disconnection, for those wondering when they will be able to get a full night's sleep, for those thinking they aren't worthy enough to sleep, and don't deserve rest because they've been socialized to believe this for the faith workers and those out on the front lines to those raising children and trying to do what's best to the entrepreneur to the unemployed to the blue collar worker to the white collar worker to those brainwashed by a system that is taught you aren't enough unless you produce rest is for all of us a global movement for all to be able to tap back into our divinity. Rest is our divine right. It is not a luxury or a privilege. Rest is as natural as breathing and waking up. Rest is part of our nature. Rest is about getting people back to their truest selves, to what they were before capitalism robbed you of your ability to just be. You know, human, being. Rest is anything that slows you down enough to allow your body and mind to connect in the deepest way. We must be focused on knowing that our bodies and our words are not connected to how many things we can check off of a list. You can begin to create a not-to-do list as you gain the energy to maintain healthy boundaries. Our opportunity to rest and reimagine rest is endless. There is always time to rest when we reimagine. 
Resting is for everyone caught up in the web of grind culture. We must never forget that grind culture is a sinister collaboration between capitalism and white supremacy. When viewed from this lens, we are all caught up in these toxic systems, born, raised, and trained from birth under the same curriculum. Those who are wealthy, as well as those who are poor, are caught up in the spiritual deficiency that occurs when you are tied to a system like capitalism in any way. We are all harmed in unique ways. The fact is supported by studying history. Some places to begin with. Number one, detox from social media weekly, monthly, or more. Now, I've already talked about the way in which I do that every single day. I try not to go on social media before nine o'clock. Um, I've seen people, you know, say, hey, you need to, you know, if you have a business and you want clients and you want to get leads, you need to be up and at it on social media, posting every hour on the hour, creating reels, creating content. And my husband said something so powerful over this past uh, weekend. He said, content creation is like digital sharecropping. Just think about that. If you are a content creator, you know exactly what he is talking about. Especially if you are a content creator that has been offered brand deals um, or you're a content creator that's been offered monetization for your content. Um, especially if you look at a platform like Facebook, which is also run by the people who run this platform. Um, when people give you stars on Facebook, one star and granted you as a consumer can buy stars from Facebook, you can buy a pack of stars, right? But when you hand those stars back out, one star equals one penny. I want you to think about that. Think about how much you pay for a batch of stars. And then think about if you give a content creator one star or five stars or even 200 stars, you're giving them one cent or five cents or $2. That's, what, that's the equivalent for those stars. Now I want you to think about sharecropping and how much our ancestors would get through the process of sharecropping. And I would venture to say that what we have going on now in digital space is actually worse than sharecropping. <laughs> but yeah, think about that. I know. It took me it took me a moment. But yeah. Social media is the new digital sharecropping. Number two, begin to heal the individual trauma you have experienced that makes it difficult for you to say no and maintain healthy boundaries. Well, if you're with us on Wednesday, you're already doing that process. Number three, start a daily practice in daydreaming. Yeah, I don't know. I would try. But it doesn't, it's not too hard for me to get lost in my own mind, in my own thoughts. So I might need to do less daydreaming. If, I'm, if you're neurodivergent, you know what I mean. Uh, we can get off into our thoughts 
and time just flies by and we look up and we're like, oh my goodness, what is going on? So I use a lot of timers in my daily practice. This is why you probably hear lots of dings and buzzing going off in my background because it's a reminder for me to go do something. <laughs> All right. So start a daily practice of daydreaming if you don't. If you're like me and you're already a daydreamer, you probably need to start an organized practice of coming back to reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that right there. Number four, accept that there is no quick fix, magic bullet, or instant change. Number five, slowly accept you have been brainwashed. Your socialization into a capitalist culture makes this true. Begin to deprogram by accepting this truth. Six, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. I, I like to do this when I am driving. My husband says I drive like a grandmother. And that's okay. I mean, I drive the speed limit for a lot of reasons. Um, but... When I'm traveling, I like to try to build in some time. So if I have to be somewhere, I try to leave at least um, 15 to 20 minutes earlier than what my ETA says, right? So that I don't feel like I'm having to rush to get to the next thing or the next place or the next event. So I try to build in time so that if I want to slow down, if I want to stop if i want to get a coffee or whatever it is i have some time built in so that i can do that so slowing down can be you intentionally putting extra time in your schedule to make sure that you have that time where you don't feel like you're you know i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go right but then i know that there are people that thrive off of that like they thrive off of the the energy of feeling like they're out of time. So you'll have to figure out what works for you as far as that is concerned. Number seven, you are enough now. If you have to repeat this to yourself every day, do so. I am enough right now. Begin to repair the way white supremacy and capitalism have wrecked your self-esteem and self-worth. I don't follow people who make me feel bad about being a human being. I'm going to say that again. I don't follow anyone who makes me feel bad about being a human being. So if your messaging, if your content is like, you got to crush it, you know, you got to stay up all night. You got to crunch those numbers. I don't care if you're in pain. You got to power through and none of that. I'm not doing it. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> Listen, my ancestors crushed it. My ancestors powered through. My ancestors worked themselves into exhaustion for free. So I'm not about to do it. I'm not about to do it. Um, and I thank God for me that I had my, I had my elders, you know, that talked to me about what she's talking about. And I recognize everybody doesn't have elders that do that, that say, baby, <laughs> 
Come over here and sit on the floor right here for a minute. Let me talk to you for a minute. Let me talk to you for a minute. And really detail their work, their work history, um, how they were treated in this country, things that they endured, things that they had to take, um, things they had to be silent about because they needed the work and they needed the money and all this other stuff. I have my ancestors' stories. I hold them within me. And a part of that story is not letting this society work you like a Hebrew slave. And there's not enough money in the world that can replace your health. There's not enough money in the world that can replace your peace. There's not enough money in the world that can replace your well-being. Because if you don't have that, it's really, it's not going to make a difference how much money you are making. There are people who are deeply unhappy. I've met them. They're millionaires. They make a lot of money. They have lots of homes. They travel all over the world. They're deeply unhappy. I don't want that. Now, do we need money in this society because of the way that this society is set up? Absolutely. But if I got to get it with unhappiness, <laughs> if I got to get it with anxiety, if I got to get it in looking over my shoulder because I'm worried about who's trying to take my money, because that is a, a constant worry, by the way, um, of a lot of wealthy people feeling like they can't trust people, even people who are close to them because they think somebody's going to take their money or swindle them. And so it's hard for them to trust people into their inner sanctum. So you have to think about those things and tell yourself, as she said, I am enough right now. I'm not waiting to be enough. I'm not waiting for money to define my worth. Because if money defines your worth, then when you don't have it, then what happens to your worth? Your worth has to be defined by something other than money. Eight, understand exhaustion is not productive. You are not resting to gain energy, to be more productive and to do more. You are resting because it is a divine right as a human being. You're not, you're not created to be a cog on a wheel. You're not created for it. Now, again, this society is going to do everything in its power to make sure you are a cog on a wheel. And I'm excited because people are rebelling against that. How do we know people are rebelling against that? Because they are jacking up the prices astronomically on basic goods and needs. I've talked to a couple of people. They said, hey, I got my energy bill back and my energy bill is almost double or triple what it used to be. I haven't been doing anything different. I said, did you call them? Yeah, I called them. They're like, yeah, you, you're, you're maintaining the same average, but 
we just decide to raise your price. I said, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. No, you can't just decide to raise the cost of energy because you feel like it. No, that's not how this works. So talk to them. They negotiated so that their energy prices would not be raised. But guess what? There are a lot of people who don't realize, um, yes, you can call and negotiate what's going on with your energy because they're going to keep raising it. And if you don't say anything, they're going to raise it again. So, yes, you need to go. You need to call them. You need to say, hey, what's going on with this? I haven't done anything different. You need to advocate for yourself. Grocery prices. Grocery prices now are three times, in some places, they're three times higher than what they were in the past. It has gotten so bad and so noticeable that our own president, and I don't, and most people know, I don't give him props for a lot of stuff, but our own president had to come out and make a statement to tell people to stop price gouging on food. <laughs> now think about that. It is so noticeable that our own president had to come out and say, okay, we are regulating the, the systems and the markets here, but y'all are still increasing your prices. So at this point, this is not about inflation. This is about you and greed and you need to stop. Now, if 46 <laughs> can recognize that something is going on, we should all be able to recognize something is going on. But what is driving that? What's driving that is people, they, these companies know if you feel like you can't eat, if you feel like you can't get your, your base bills taken care of, then what's going to happen? What do, what do most people say? I can't afford this. I can't afford the cost of living. I'm going to do what? Get me another job. So it is a roundabout way of trying to force people back into the job field and the job market because they feel like enough, not enough people have come back to these jobs that they refuse to raise the minimum wage on so that people can have a, be able to cover a standard cost of living. Well, if I jack everything up and make your living right now difficult, then I force you back into jobs that you don't want, that you've been protesting about is not enough. And I don't have to raise anything because you're going to be just be def desperate to get back into the job market. Oh, they know what they're doing. But you're not resting to be more productive. You're resting because... It's your divine right. Number nine, listen more. 10, create systems of community care. What does resting look like in practice? The list on the next page has been shared by hundreds of thousands of people on our social media as a meme. It touches a place inside us that is looking for a clear way and a daily guide. It is important that those drawn to the message of rest have a flexible path, supplemented by our own experimentation and imagination. 
You are the expert of your body. One more time. You are the expert of your body. One more time. You are the expert of your body. Your body knows more than we give it space to share. Our body has its own technology. Reimagining rest is about more than naps. It's an ethos of slowing down, of connecting and reimagining. The practice of rest is the way forward. The work of the nap ministry starts and ends with the power of people experiencing in their bodies what intentional, connected rest feels like. There are not enough words to explain to anyone what deep, tender rest feels like. Rest must be practiced daily until it becomes our foundation. So, these are suggestions, not demands. Resting can look like closing your eyes for 10 minutes, a longer shower in silence, meditating on the couch for 20 minutes, daydreaming by staring out of a window, sipping warm tea or coffee before bed in the dark, slow dancing with yourself to slow music, experiencing a sound bath or other sound healing, a sun salutation, a 20 minute time nap, praying, crafting a small altar for your home, a long warm bath, taking regular breaks from social media, not immediately responding to texts and emails, deep listening to a full music album, a meditative walk in nature, knitting, crocheting, sewing, quilting, playing a musical instrument, deep eye contact, laughing intensely. So these are all ways that we can experience rest. Now, I will be right back. Take 30 seconds to talk amongst yourselves in the comments, and I'm going to go get one of the ways that I rest. All right, so <laughs> this is actually my husband's, but I pick it up every now and then, and I just strum it. I cannot play. Let me reiterate that. <laughs> I cannot play, but I love the guitar. Absolutely love it. I have lots of music set to guitars. But I cannot play. Let me reiterate that. <laughs> I cannot play. I don't know how to hold this properly. I've tried. It feels awkward. But you know what? When I tap on the string, something happens for me. And it just relaxes me, which is probably why I love guitar music. Um, and Tracy Chapman is one of my favorite guitarists. But yeah, I'm left-handed. And this is a right-handed guitar. But I said to myself the other day, I said, you know, God, I would like to learn how to play the guitar, but I just, 
that eye hand coordination thing when it comes to musical instruments is 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 hard for me um unless i'm at my keyboard you know i play that by ear but this whole um note system on the guitar i get confused i do but then i saw a video and i put it on black i think i put it on black table talk maybe i did maybe i didn't but it was three people playing the guitar at the same time and they were they were on different parts of the guitar one person was sitting i think another person was kneeling and another person was standing and it was three people playing the guitar at the same time i said now wait a minute <laughs> i think that my imagination for what i could do has shifted why because they caused me to reimagine what can happen with the guitar. So anyway, this is what I do when I want to take a moment to just meditate. Yeah, that's what I do. Again, <laughs> I do not know how to play, but the sound is relaxing. It's soothing. And uh, provided I don't break his guitar, <laughs> I will keep doing it. So you don't have to be perfect at whatever you're trying to do, right? To get that moment of just reflection. For me, it's strumming the guitar, even though I can't play. <laughs> or getting on my keyboard and uh, putting it on the string section and just playing. Um, find what works for you. Find what brings you into a 
reflection state, a daydreaming state, a state where you can reimagine, right? As I was strumming, I was kind of drifting off a little bit. So, you know, I was thinking in my mind about river and walking alongside a stream. That was kind of what I was imagining. But do what works for you. And like she said, all the things that we read were just suggestions. They're not commands. They're not, this is the way forward for you. They're not, you have to do this. They're not even, you have to try all of them, but do something that works for you. All right. I'm going to open it up for some conversation. We've got about 15 minutes here. If you would like to join me on camera, just click on the camera below. If you've been listening by Spotify, Google Play, I want to thank you for your time and attention. I hope that you have a fantastic, fantabulous, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, spandiferous, splendiferous weekend. Take care, be well, and most importantly, be light.